very warm word of welcome as you come to worship with us here at Hebron. Let us join together in the singing of the Psalm 103. <coughs> we'll sing together the opening ten stanzas of the psalm. O thou my soul, bless God the Lord, and all that in me is, be stirred up his holy name to magnify and bless. We were singing, we're singing this psalm that we read this morning at the early season of prayer. It's a tremendous psalm. Let's sing it with joy in our hearts to the Lord. We'll rise to sing.
psalm for today is the psalm number seven. I'm going to read the opening part of the psalm. O Lord my God, in thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me lest he tear my soul like a lion, rending it in pieces, while there is none to deliver. O Lord, my God, I have done this. If there be iniquity in my hands, if I have rewarded evil unto him that was at peace with me, yea, I have delivered him that without cause is mine enemy. Let the enemy persecute my soul and take it, Yea, let them tread down my life upon the earth and lay mine honor in the dust, Selah. Arise, O Lord, in thine anger. Lift up thyself because of the rage of mine enemies and awake for me to the judgment that thou hast commanded. So shall the congregation of the people compass thee about. For their sakes, therefore, return thou on high. The Lord shall judge the people. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to mine integrity that is in me. O let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just, for the righteous God trieth the hearts and reins. My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. God judgeth the righteous. God is angry with the wicked every day. We're going to end the reading there at verse 11. May the Lord bless his word. Just at the beginning of the service, we want to again extend our sympathy to, to Dave and his family, the loss of Madge, and as we come to pray, we'll remember our brother before God. And we think of Anastasia also, whose grandmother passed away this week over in Ukraine, and we are remembering her at the throne of grace. We've asked also for special prayer for little Elias. Elias has been in hospital and uh, he's been treated for sepsis and also there's a blockage in the bowel. So we're looking to the Lord for the touch of God on the life of little Elias. Pray for him and for Joshua and Lee and the family at this time. We continue to remember the land of Ukraine in prayers as things are beginning to worsen there again. And we are remembering Turkey and Syria and the devastating earthquake <clears throat> that has claimed thousands and thousands of lives and many more still to be dug out of the rubble. So let's pray together and seek the Lord. And as we do so, let's remember Mrs. Molly Monteith also in hospital, Helen's mother, Wesley and Helen are down in Oma at uh, this particular time also, and visiting Helen's mom in hospital in Inniskillen. So let's pray. O oh God, our Father, in the all-precious and the lovely name of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Savior, we come before thy presence now. We plead the name that is above every name, the name through which we have access to the Father, we plead the name of Jesus, and we know that for his sake we are heard in heaven. 
And there's one that pleads for us at the right hand of the Father, our mediator. And there is the intercessory work of the Spirit who reads our hearts, who knows our thoughts, and who rightly interprets how we feel and brings those prayers before Almighty God. Lord, we come with our need to the house of God this day. We are remembering those situations that we've just mentioned, those that sorrow today, Dave, and the loss of Madge. Thank thee, Lord, for the long life that you gave to her. Thank thee for the grace of God that triumphed in her when as a child she trusted in the Savior. And Lord, we know that she's at home with Christ, which is far better. She's in the glory land today, in that land that is fairer than day. She has seen the Savior face to face. Him writer spoke about that day when face to face we behold him far beyond the starry sky. And those that have been transported on high, they have seen the Lord. And what joy it must have brought to their heart that moment when they viewed him. But we are conscious that Dave and his family are here upon the earth and they're feeling the pain of parting and sorrow is in their heart. Continue to be with them. Minister your word to them, that which has been read in their home in these days and that which was preached at the Thanksgiving service yesterday. We just bring them before your presence now. Look upon them in mercy. We pray for Elias also that your healing touch will be upon the child. You have told us to pray for one another that we might be healed. And there in the hospital, may he know the touch of the Lord's hand to strengthen him and to rectify whatever the problem is, to restore him to full health and strength again. We pray for Joshua and Leah and the family, for little Rose and Micah too, that you'll be with them. And the wider family circle, grant grace to help in this time of need. And then we think of those nations that we've mentioned where there's turmoil today, turmoil in Ukraine with the war that has been going on almost a year now. We think of the bloodshed and destruction, the mayhem and all the chaos that has been created there. And yet, in the midst of it all, God has still had a faithful witness. He has his people there. He has missionaries there. The gospel is being preached, and a work is being done for your glory. But we do cry in Jesus' name that this war will come to an end. We pray for our friends here that feel every day the weight and the burden of what's happening in their homeland, that that will comfort them and bless them and encourage them in the Lord. And Lord, we think of Turkey and Syria where all these thousands of people have lost their lives in the earthquake. And again, we know that your people are in these lands. God is gathering out his people from the nations of the world. And even there, in those nations, he has a people that he's called to himself. Remember, particularly the household of faith. And remember the witness in that land too, those that have had opportunity to be there we pray that you'll grant them help at this time and remember a suffering people. In the midst of it all, may their eyes be open to the truth of a Savior, a Messiah who has come to save men from sin. These things are reminding us that our Savior is coming again. When we hear of wars and rumors of wars, when we hear about the earthquakes in this world, 
Jesus reminds us that these things must needs be before his second advent. And so teach us all to live in the light of that day when Jesus comes again. That we might not be found wanting, but we might be found doing and living the way that he would require us when he comes. We pray that you will bless your church and sanctify it and pour out the Spirit of God upon it in these days and send revival and set the church on fire that we might be living for your glory when the Savior returns. We remember Molly Monteith as well in prayer. We commit her and Ernie also to your care. We thank thee for the long life that you've blessed them with. Thank thee for the years that you've given to them together. And now when ill health and infirmity has come, we pray that you will strengthen them just where they are and perfect that which concerns them and give them grace to carry them through their trial. We pray for all such like those that are suffering in this church today, families connected to us, family members that are suffering, we commit into the hands of our God. Oh, Father, meet with us now here in this worship service. May your presence be real. May your voice be heard. May your word be made alive in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. One of my favorite hymns is 633, reminding us there shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing sent from the Savior above. I don't want it to sound any way mundane to remind you that we're singing Scripture when we sing the line, there shall be showers of blessing all the way through this hymn. And that's the Word of God, and that's the promise of God. And let's not just sing it, but believe it with all of our hearts that the Lord will send such showers of blessing.
be seated. Very warm word of welcome. You've come here to be with us as a congregation, worship with us, and we give you a very warm word of welcome. And those that are listening in on the internet, likewise, if you're joining us, welcome in the Savior's name. Special welcome to Indy, who has come to church for the very first time, Indy Hannah. And good to see Indy and mum and dad. I was going to say looking so well, but I can't see the baby from here. But uh, we congratulate you again on the new arrival. It brought a lot of joy to your home, and maybe sleepless nights as well, but that's all part of what it is to be parents. May the Lord bless the children uh, that are born, and as they're brought up, that the Lord will be merciful towards them. Gospel meeting is at 7 tonight, preceded by the time of prayer at 6.30. I want to preach on the call to repentance. There is a great call that is given in God's Word throughout to repentance, and you pray with us that the Lord's blessing will be upon that meeting. Refreshments will be served. <coughs> Ladies, you don't need to bring anything. There's enough there uh, for tonight, so that's good news for you. There is a planned trip to Romania from Tuesday to Monday, Tuesday the 14th to the 20th. We mentioned this on Thursday night, and uh, the number that are going out, do please remember each one at the throne of grace and prayer. Tuesday night is also Youth Challenge at 7 o'clock. Andrew, this is a special one. Okay, so I didn't get seeing the, the little uh, invitation, but it's pizza night, is it? And the same time? 6.30. So 7 o'clock is the wrong time there, but 6.30. They come a little bit earlier, and they get um, pizza and juice, whatever, biscuits maybe afterwards as well, and then they have the meeting. And this is just a way to try and bring the children in. Uh, we incentive, we encouragement. <coughs> so we want the congregation to pray. You might not be there on Tuesday night, but this is something you can do. And that's to pray earnestly that there'll be a great awakening in this town. We want this year to be a year of reaching out and a year of evangelism. And we've more to say about that. Thursday, the midweek service at 8 o'clock, our clerk of session, Phil Moffat, will be speaking. Friday, the Young People's Fellowship. Um, I know there was an announcement to be made, Samuel. Let them know. So there's a WhatsApp group uh, for the youth and young people. You'll be informed in good time exactly what is happening on Friday. The open air on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Do go and support the outreach ministry as uh, the church stands in the center of the town to preach the gospel. Next Lord's Day, the prayer meeting at 8 o'clock, Sunday school, 10.30, the Bible class at a quarter to 11, and Mervyn is coming to the meal offering. Christ's sacrifice was flawless. Worship service at 12 noon, and one of our students, Mr. David McCauley, will be bringing the message, and at the evening service, Mr. Mervyn Story is the preacher at 7, preceded by the half hour of prayer. The prayer time is preceded. Uh, preceding the service. Now, let me ask you for prayer for this. Uh, the Hebron Tots is recommencing. This will be the first after COVID days on Monday, the 20th of February. There was a group of ladies come in and did a, a great work. It was a clearing out work. It was a, a washing work. And everything is almost ready for this date. And if you know of 
mothers and fathers that have children that are of that age, they're just tots, not school age, and you can invite them to come. This little ad will be put up in due course on social media, so it can be announced out there in the community. And you may not be able to see everything that's on it, but it's from 10 o'clock until 12, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. This is just going back a few years. Um, things have changed considerably three or four years ago. And we had a great group of children that came to our mothers and toddlers. We pray that that will come back very quickly. Now, I want to mention family night. You're invited to our family night service and everybody else in the town's invited as well. It will be on the 5th of March, 7 o'clock. David Johnson, who testified briefly at the remembrance service back in November, he, he's coming back to give his full testimony at our next family night service. So we want you to pray a lot about this. In two weeks' time, in the will of God, at this service, the worship service, I want to preach a special message. One, bring one. One of our elders thought of this title. God has given me a message that ties in very much with the thought here. Uh, if everyone brings another, and we're just praying, we're praying this morning that the church would catch the fire that the Holy Spirit will give you a vision. And that this year we will do our best even just to bring one, one person, one person, to bring them in under the sound of the gospel. Now that's one person at every family night. Not just one family night, but one family night's a good start. So we'll have more to say about that in the will of God in two weeks' time. Just to mention also the home mission, Greg has been officially appointed by the session to represent the home mission. So we're looking forward to him doing outreach work with the church and helping out here. Pray for him, pray for the other students, continue to pray for the sick of the church and think of Dave and his sorrow, that the Lord will be with him and that the Lord will bless him. Now there's one man that we want to pray for just now and that is Yuri. And Yuri is returning to Ukraine on Wednesday. And we want you to know, you, you may not understand everything I'm saying, but I'm sure it'll be conveyed to you that the congregation here will be praying for you as you go back to Ukraine. That the Lord will protect you and keep you in all his ways and put a hedge of the precious blood around you and other family members and friends that are there doing such a great work that you're doing. So I'm going to ask if our elders would come up to the front, and the elders of the, the Ukrainian church as well, and the pastor, and Yuri, if you come up to the front, we'll just have prayer right here uh, for you. Thank you. Come and stand. Uh, we'll have the, 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 I'm going to say the Austrian men, but <laughs> the British ones over here and uh, the Ukrainians here, and we will, we will pray. So we have a, a microphone. Might, might, maybe two um, from each can pray uh, briefly.
If you pray for 10 minutes each, then I'm going to have to pronounce the benediction. But um, we will pray choo-choo. <laughs> they understand that. They understand. I'm learning. So maybe one, first of all, yeah, both of you, one, 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 one. Okay. I think we understand. Amen. Let's pray together in prayer. Господи, благодарю Тебя сердечно за то, что могу молиться Тебе сейчас, Господи, и э, Ты знаешь о том, что Юра возвращается сейчас назад в Украину, и я молюсь Тебе, Боже, чтобы Ты мог благословить вот его обратный путь, и, Господи, чтобы Ты мог хранить его там, Боже, и в служении, которое он несет там, Господи, дай ему мудрости, Господь, и во всем, вот, и команде, которая там есть с ним, Молюсь Тебе также, чтобы Ты мог оберегать его жизнь. Ты видишь, вот то, что сейчас там вот и обстрелы возобновляются, Господи. И, и просим Тебя, чтобы Ты мог сохранить его, Господь. Вот и благослови, Боже, его семью, Вику вот с детьми, Господь. И Ты знаешь о том, что дальше в их жизни, как вообще лучше. Господи, просим Тебя, чтобы Ты мог их вести своим путем. И, Господи, пусть Твоя будет благодеющая рука над Его семьей, над Ним, Господь. Слава Тебе за все. Аминь. Father in heaven, as we continue in Thy presence, we are very conscious of Thy precious word, that we can cast all our cares upon Thee, for Thou dost care for us. We pray especially for Yuri as he prepares to, to leave his wife and family, to travel back to Ukraine and to go to the front line once more. How we pray that thy hand of blessing and protection might be upon him. Lord, we're very conscious that the war in Ukraine is not far from our thoughts on a daily basis. And we long that thou wilt bring this war to an abrupt end, and grant that Thou will bring peace and stability to that needy land once more. To this end, we pray that Thy hand of goodness and grace will be with our dear brother, that he might know the blessing of God, the protection of God, the hand of God, and even the will of God in his life. We just commit and commend him to Thy care and to thy keeping, in the Savior's name. Amen. Дорогой Небесный Отец, я благодарен Тебе за Твою любовь, Господь, которую Ты проявляешь к нам. Я благодарен Тебе, Господь, за то, что Ты подарил мне брата такого Юру, Господь. Благослови его в жизни, благослови его семью, Господь. Я благодарен Тебе за то, что дала возможность, Господь, с ним встретиться здесь, пообщаться, Господь. Я прошу Твоей милости на его семью. Ты благослови Вику и с детьми оставаться здесь, Господь. Благослови Юрин путь туда, Господь, на служение, которое Он несет для Тебя, Господь. Ты благослови Его, дай силы, дай мудрости, дай веры, Господь. Благослови, чтобы Он дальше мог провозглашать истину Твою, Господь, и своей жизнью показывать, кто Ты есть, Бог наш, Бог наш, Отец Небесный. Я прошу Твое благословение на перелет, Господь, и укрепляй и Вику, и Юру, Господь, духовно и физически. Прошу Твое все во имя Иисуса Христа. Аминь. Аминь. Heavenly Father, again, we just count it a privilege to be able to just to come to Thee in prayer. We just thank You. We 
have a friend in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And we just come now and we pray for Yuri as he would leave us and leave his wife and little family. We just pray, Lord, that you'll be with him as he goes back to Ukraine. We just pray, Lord, that you'll protect him, whatever he has to do over there. We just pray, Lord, that you'll go with him uh, every minute of every day. I just pray, Lord, as already been prayed, Lord, that there will be that hedge around about him. Keep him safe, we pray. And Lord, for this time, he'll be separated again from his wife and family. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you'll be with uh, Vega here. I just pray, Lord, you'll be with her. I pray, Lord, she will know thy presence day by day. And Lord, you'll make that up to them, Lord. That we just thank you that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Amen. And Lord, you're, you'll be with this family uh, through all that they have to go through in the days ahead. We just leave them and leave the family in thy hands. Pray, Lord, you'll bless Yuri and continue to be with them. And Lord, may you know thy help in the days which lie ahead. And sing we pray in our Saviour's name. Amen. Amen. And everybody say, Amen. 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 Yuri, you go back with the prayers of the congregation. So, bless you. Let's sing together 623. God is here, and that to bless us with the Spirit's quickening power. See the cloud already bending, waits to drop the grateful shower.
think you know my text for today because we came to it last week. It's Mark chapter 9 and verse 1. Mark chapter 9, verse 1. And we come to the second part of the message that we began last week. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. And the message that we're bringing is the kingdom of God coming in power, as we have it here uh, spoken of by the Savior himself. Let's pray together. (coughs) Heavenly Father, in the words of the hymn that we have just sung together, we say, let it come, O Lord, we pray thee, Let the shower of blessing fall. We're waiting and expecting. Oh, revive the hearts of all. And may there be that kindling of revival right now in our hearts as we come to your word. Give us an excitement in our souls to anticipate the kingdom of God coming with power, the mighty works, the mighty doings of God, the extension of your kingdom both at home and abroad. Be pleased to pour the Spirit upon this people and upon this preacher now, I ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The kingdom of God, as we have suggested to you, is where God's sovereignty, authority, power, and glory are manifested. And we looked at some suggestions or applications to this. For there have been a variety of opinions what the Lord is meaning here about the kingdom of God coming with power. Some say it's the transfiguration which was to take place in a few days' time. Others say that it was the resurrection of Christ when Jesus rose victoriously from the dead. Others say it was the ascension of the Lord into glory. And then there are those who say it's Pentecost when the Spirit was poured out Some even see it to be the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70 when there was the overthrow of the the Jewish uh, political regime at that time and then, of course, the gospel going further. We said that it could not refer to the glorious second coming of Christ nor to any period of time when he would reign in the future as the man standing there where Jesus was speaking, some of them at least, many of them perhaps, would still be alive, and that would not be possible if it was centuries down the way. I believe the Savior had Pentecost in mind mind, when the Holy Ghost descended and moved in such a mighty power, a mighty way, when the kingdom of God was extended in a remarkable way, on that day never to be forgotten the day of Pentecost. And that led me to four points, and it was only the first that I got through. We thought about the command of the Savior on that ascension day. He said, tarry to his people, tarry in Jerusalem until. We thought in the second place, we didn't preach on it, but we we gave you the, the point, the conformity of the disciples, because they obeyed the Lord. They went back to Jerusalem. We are told in Luke chapter 24, and verse 52. And then we mentioned the coming of the Holy Spirit, how that he came suddenly. We'll come to that in a moment or two in Acts chapter 2. And then the conversion of the multitude when 
3,000 followed by 5,000 were brought safely to Christ. I think we can truly say of this event that here we have the kingdom of God coming with power. And certainly many that were standing that day in the audience of Christ, in his presence, when he spoke of such a thing, they lived to see and to witness the mighty doings of God. We looked at the first of these points, the command of Christ. Remember he said, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And Christ, we told you, still gives the command to his people today, all these centuries later, to tarry, to tarry until we are endued with power from on high. We want this power. We long in our hearts for the manifestation of the Spirit. We certainly need a move of God in our day. And so the Lord would come to us anew, afresh. And he would say, tarry until ye be endued with power. And there's only one way to acquire the mighty power of God, and that is by tarrying. That is by waiting upon God. And that brings us particularly, as we said last week, to the public prayer meetings of the church, as it did for these people. And you will go on to read in Acts chapter 1 and verse 14 about the public prayer meeting. Acts chapter 4, verse 31, the public prayer meeting, where after they prayed together, there was the descent in a mighty way of the Holy Spirit of God. When did the Spirit come when the church prayed? Where were the disciples gathered when the Holy Ghost descended in power and shook the very place where they sat and, and filled their hearts and lives with supernatural power in the prayer meeting? And I want you to note that. I don't want you to miss what the Word of God is teaching us here. If we are to see the kingdom of God coming with power, then we must be in the place of prayer tarrying with God, pleading with God over the promises that he has given that the Spirit indeed would descend. Now I come to the second point that this text led me to, and that is the conformity of the disciples. They returned, we are told by Luke, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Why did they go there? Why did they go to the city to do what Jesus asked them to do? Tarry ye in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And here we see their obedience, their conformity to that. They went there to pray, to intercede and plead the promise of God for 10 long days. They were immediately obedient to Christ and obedience to God, especially in the matter of prayer is essential if we are to see the blessing of God. We have often reminded ourselves that obedience and blessing stand side by side in the Scriptures. They are twins. They are Siamese twins. They are inextricably joined together. You can't take them apart whatsoever. They stand there beside each other. The declaration of Moses as Israel stood on the borders of the promised land is still as applicable today as ever it was. And I, I bring you to Deuteronomy chapter 11 
And I only need to read verse 26 through to verse 28 to show you that, that this is so. Because by way of summary, Moses says to the people, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if ye will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I commanded you this day and go after other gods which ye have not known. So that's clear, specific language that we can understand. I'm setting before you a blessing and a curse. And the blessing is connected with obedience, obeying the commandments of God and the curse if we obey not. Now the whole chapter here, this 11th chapter of Deuteronomy, you could say, in fact, the entire book is applicable and highlights the requirements of Israel if they were to enjoy blessing in the land that flowed with milk and honey. That really is what Deuteronomy is all about. You know it's the second edition of the law. The law had already been given, but now they're standing on the borders of the promised land. Moses is setting before them 40 years later what the conditions were for Israel to enjoy the blessing of the Almighty when they entered that country. And that's what Deuteronomy is teaching, and it really is to do with obedience to the Lord. Chapter 11 speaks about loving the Lord, keeping His commandments, serving Him with all your heart and soul, walking in His ways, cleaving to Him. And this is the kind of language that is used by Moses as he brings the message of God to the people concerning their responsibilities. And you will notice it's all about obedience, isn't it? It's all about conformity to the will and the mind of God. And the end result, what is it? It's the blessing of God coming. As a result of their obedience, they would inherit the land. They would enjoy days of heaven upon the earth. Mighty nations would be driven out before them. No man would be able to stand before them when they obeyed the Lord. And obedience is still the way to blessing for the church of Jesus Christ today. Indeed, for the individual Christian, obedience in the matter of prayer is still the way to see the kingdom of God coming with power and the might of the Spirit poured forth. The disciples returned to Jerusalem. They returned there with great joy. They went there to pray, to get before God, and so must we, men and women, and we're looking for obedience in this matter. May the Lord instill it into your heart the importance of this and, and give you an obedient heart just like these men, the conformity of the disciples. Then notice thirdly the coming of the Holy Spirit. We read in Acts chapter 2 that suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. This was the descent of the promised Holy Ghost. And we are told this, listen to it carefully, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they speak with other tongues, or as the word is, languages. They speak with other languages 
as the Spirit gave them utterance. And of course, that's the key when we come to the, the tongues business. It was other languages, discernible, understandable languages that these men spoke in. And it was as the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, gave them utterance. I'm convinced this is what the Lord referred to when he said, There be some of them standing here which shall not taste of death till they have seen the kingdom of God coming with power. Peter, James, and John, who were to ascend into the Mount of Transfiguration, were still alive on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came. But not only those three men, all the other disciples except for Judas, they were also still alive and well and preserved and kept until that historic day when the kingdom of God came with power. And no doubt there were many others in the audience that day that lived until then, just a number of years. For ten days they waited in prayer and supplication, pleading with God, pleading the promise of the Father, watching and waiting in expectation. And then suddenly, how often that word is used in the Bible and in church history when speaking about the mighty doings of God. Suddenly, God moves in such a way very often in this fashion. Suddenly, the Lord coming suddenly to visit his people, to, to bless his children, to revive his church, to extend his kingdom. And I want you to notice this. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Not one of them missed out in this blessing. Men and women, old and young, leaders and rank and file church members alike, all of them endowed with the power of God from on high, filled, endued, empowered, anointed. All these words defining, defining what happened at that moment. Out into the streets of Jerusalem they went to proclaim Christ to a dying world. Indeed, you could say the world was there. The world had gathered that day, or a considerable part of it. If you notice what it says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 5, there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. They'd come, you see, where the Jews had been dispersed right across the nations of the world. They'd all come together to celebrate the feast of Pentecost. The multitude came together, we are told as well. We'll notice that just in a moment, but truly, I believe we can declare the kingdom of God is coming now with power. The power of the Holy Spirit the gospel being preached, the gospel reaching many nations that were there gathered in the city of Jerusalem all at one time. May God send the Spirit in our day in answer to prayer. May He come and not tarry. May He come suddenly. May that be written of this congregation. May it be written of the history here in Balamali that the Spirit of God came suddenly, maybe one Sabbath, one Sabbath day, just as we're gathered here, an ordinary Sabbath, maybe 
nothing out of the ordinary happening. And then suddenly the Spirit of God comes. I tell you, when that happens, we'll know it. Or maybe at one of the prayer meeting nights on a Thursday night or some other prayer meeting, because it's especially connected with the place of prayer, may the Spirit of God come suddenly. Or maybe even in an open air. It could happen down the street in the middle of the town. As the gospel is being preached to the people passing by, the Spirit might come suddenly. I pray that it will be so. And may the whole church be endued with power from on high. May God send us out with the gospel to the multitudes round about. Indeed, may the Lord gather a multitude together here in this church or down there in the center of the town at the open air. I want you to note what it says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 6. It says, the multitude came together. You see, in such days when the Spirit of God is poured forth, we will not need to look for an audience. We will not need to plead for people to come and listen to the message of the gospel. Why? Because the Lord will bring them together. And you'll notice the language here, the multitude came together. And you, you think about the potential. Think about what might happen on any given Sabbath. I've said this to you recently. Maybe it was last week. And I've been praying to this end. And I believe with all my heart that God can do it, by the way, that suddenly one Sabbath day this place could be filled. Why? Because God moves with power. God descends in power. And what does he do? He brings the people together to listen to the word of the Lord preached. He's done that in church history time and time again. But then I want you to notice, fourthly, the fourth little point that came to my mind, and that's the conversion of a multitude. How often we have referred to what God did in the day of Pentecost and the great conversions that occurred. How often we have spoken about the two figures, the 3,000, and then the 5,000. And we've also suggested to you, as some of the Bible commentators have suggested, that this could have been on the same day. Because he's preaching in the morning and 3,000 are converted. And some say it was the evening time when the preaching went forth again and another 5,000 were added to Christ. And if that is the case, you don't need to be a mathematician to realize that's 8,000 people on the one day in the day of Pentecost that were converted to Christ. Very, very possible that that actually happened. And we read about it in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, about the 3,000 and Acts chapter 4 and verse 4 about the five. When God moves, who can tell what will happen? Who can foretell what conversions might take place? What multitudes might be swept into the kingdom of God's dear Son? You know, we're so glad these days in which we live to learn about even the ones and the twos coming to the Lord. It rejoices our heart. You hold a gospel mission or you have a gospel meeting and you hear of one conversion, and that just thrills our heart, because brethren and sisters, it's not often happening today. But when God moves with power, multitudes are saved. When revival comes, multitudes are swept into the kingdom of God's dear Son. We don't despise the day of small things, and when we hear of the ones and twos, praise God for it. And just recently, you know, there's a man that had been witnessed to by one of our members came to trust in the Lord. And that thrilled our hearts. I just heard this week from one of our ministers. We have a, 
a minister's WhatsApp group. And this particular man has been witnessing to an individual, an IRA man, who was involved in, in the hunger strike. And he's been talking to him about the Lord. And this week, a knock came to his door, and there stood the former IRA man to say that he's got converted to Christ. He came to know the Lord. That's a mighty, mighty work of grace, isn't it? You must agree. But you know, when God moves, it's not just one or two here and there. It's multitudes coming to trust in the Lord. In the 1859 revival, and we often refer to the year of grace here in our province, 100,000 souls were swept into God's kingdom. And God was moving through the nation. A million people were converted to Christ in 1859 throughout the UK. We often think about the Kirk of Shots. A few years ago, we had the opportunity with the Covenanters trip to go and stand in the, in the cemetery, really, outside the church building where the revival took place, where the mighty move of God occurred. The preacher, the Reverend John Livingstone, just 27 years old at the time, gives this account. The day in all my life wherein I find most of the presence of God in preaching was on a Monday after the communion in the churchyard of Schatz, June the 21st, 1630. The night before, I had been in company with some Christians who spent the night in prayer and conference when I was alone in the fields in the morning before the time of sermon. There came such a misgiving of spirit upon me considering my own unworthiness and weakness and the multitude and expectation of the people that I was consulting with myself to have stolen away and declined preaching. But I thought I durst not so distrust God and so went to sermon and got good assistance about one and a half, but one hour and a half upon the points which I had meditated on. And in the end, offering to close with some words of exhortation, I was laid on about an hour's time in a strain of exhortation and warning with such liberty and melting of heart as I had never had the like in my public, in public all my lifetime. Never had the like of it before. Spirit of God coming upon a young 27-year-old preacher. And he preaches for an hour and a half. I'm sure you're praying now, may the Holy Spirit come and fill this preacher. And when he thought he was coming to the end of the message after an hour and a half, the Spirit of God came upon him again. And he preached on for another hour, two and a half hours. And what was the conclusion? 500 people were saved. Right there and then, from that congregation that had assembled, what a joy it was for us just to stand in the churchyard among the, the tombs and the headstones and just recollect what God did on the 21st of June, 1630. And this is what God does when he moves by the power of the Holy Spirit. Great conversions can take place. God can do the same today. And so may we hear the command of Christ. Tarry. Wait get before God. 
plead the promise. May God find an obedient people willing to conform to his will, especially in the place of prayer, and get us out to seek the Lord. And may the Holy Spirit, as it happened, when the kingdom of God came with power on the day of Pentecost, may that same Spirit descend upon the life of every child of God. And as a result, may great conversions take place. Those people that we've been praying for, the citizens of our town that we yearn after. Oh, what a multitude may be converted to Christ when the Spirit of God comes. But that will not happen until we take the business of prayer seriously and we look to the Holy Spirit to come the way that he did back then. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we think of how the Lord speaks about the kingdom of God coming with power. We believe in our hearts that there's certainly a very clear reference and application to the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came and the kingdom was extended in such a mighty way by the thousands that were converted. You are the unchanging God. Thou hast said in thy word, I am the Lord, I change not. And the Spirit of God is still the same in all his glory, majesty, power, and wisdom. Our God has lost none of his power it's the church that's weak. It's the church throughout the world that's backslidden, cold at heart. But Lord, you come in your times and your seasons and you move very often suddenly, as is the case with most revivals in the past. And you find a people that are willing to pray, willing to conform to the command of Christ to tarry, to wait. And the Spirit comes. Lord, will you find among us the people? Will you find in my heart a willingness to pray, to plead your promises? We long for the manifestation of the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Lord, bring us to the place of asking, waiting and tarrying until the might of the Spirit comes for Jesus' sake. Amen. The closing hymn is 176. The Holy Ghost is here where saints in prayer agree. As Jesus' parting gift, he's near each pleading company. Think of, think of the words. It's in the context of a prayer meeting where saints are agreeing together, where they're pleading together. And may the Lord give us that special time among the congregation in these days for Jesus' sake.
Dismiss us now with your blessing. Keep us in thought and prayer and expectation. Help us to remember the word. We pray that the Spirit will stir our hearts through it. Give us desires that are holy, heavenly, honorable. Oh, we pray that you'll bless your church with revival. Bless your church with the people to pray for revival, to plead the promises of God, and come in our day and generation and sweep a multitude from this very town and district into the kingdom of God's dear Son, for Jesus' sake. Amen.